0: Edward, welcome to the show.
1: Well, thank you, Manny. Thanks
0: thank for uh, navigating through the uh, the sea of people and all the different uh, exhibitors that are going on here. We're at the live at the CCE Canadian Concrete Expo, uh, and I've got uh, Edward Skira here from Urban Toronto.
1: Well, thank you for having me.
0: It's uh, I've got a lot of questions for you. I got a lot of interesting uh, conversation that we could have because uh, Toronto is it quite the bustling city across Canada? Is it the most active going on right now?
1: Well, it's the most active in North America, so...
0: North America? Oh, yes. More cranes up in the sky in Toronto yes. than New York, Chicago, yes. Boston? Yes, yes, yes. So yes. what's going on in Toronto here?
1: Population's going through the roof, so people are coming and the development is happening. So yes, we are. We have something like 350 cranes in the greater Toronto-Hamilton area currently, um, so there's a lot of work going on.
0: There's a lot of work for crane ops. For everybody. For everybody working in this industry. Right,
1: right. So if you're in the trades, if you're a developer or whatever, there is a lot going on.
0: So I, I, I'm looking forward to this conversation because you've got a lot of answers for a lot of questions I'm going to have because okay. uh, you've seen Toronto change.
1: I have seen Toronto well, change. Well,
0: we've all paid attention, but you've been paying attention on at a different level. Like it's different to be somebody on the outside and just seeing the landscape unfold. You're seeing, I guess, the, the bells and whistles kind of unfolding.
1: I'm seeing it every way. So I've always been a construction geek since I was a little kid. My dad got a got a speeding ticket years ago and when I was maybe eight, nine years old, and we went down to City Hall, and there was hoarding on the south side of Queen Street. And I, he picked me up, and I looked in, and it was the Sheraton Center under construction, and it kind of just blew me away. It was whole. It was huge. And uh, I've been one of those kind of people. You know, there's days... I haven't done it so much recently, but there were days when I was having a bad day at the office and I'd go out and I'd go watch them pour concrete in at some development. And next thing you know, it's an hour because it's like one more bucket, one more bucket. <laughs> so I'm, I'm a bit of a geek <laughs> that way, right? I just enjoy watching it.
0: Just watching it unfold and see all the uh, organized chaos, I guess, on sure, the job site. Sure. It, it looks like it's deceiving to somebody who's not familiar with it what's going on, but there's some, some organization going on there.
1: It always amazes me when they're putting up a 60-story building that the walls aren't on the wrong spot or something, <laughs> right? It's like you're 30 floors up and you realize, uh-oh, we missed something. No, no, it's, 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 uh, it's a, they're really organized, that's for sure.
0: What's your official title there at Urban I'm Toronto? I'm the
1: president and co-founder.
0: Okay, and then you guys basically just feature what's going on in construction all across the greater Toronto area. Right. Toronto, Hamilton, all the other cities. And, and uh, right now, I guess Toronto is the number one city. That's the most construction that's going on right now outside. But other cities are growing fast, too.
1: Well they all are. Uh, You know the the spillover from Toronto, it used to be that Etobicoke was Greenfield and then it was Mississauga and now it's Milton and uh, with costs in Toronto for housing people are moving to Hamilton and Stony Creek and Niagara even now it's becoming one massive city and uh, yeah we track development uh, from Niagara Falls through Kitchener Waterloo through Barrie through Bowmanville and everything within, so the Greater Toronto Hamilton area and the Shoulders.
0: Now, I mean, we're going to dive because you brought some images as well. But there's going to be some interesting buildings that you want to make a note sure, of. Right. Sure, sure. And uh, it's it's dramatically changed. And I guess I, I would have seen the first step for me would have been um, I guess City Place back in the late 80s, early 90s. That was the start, I guess, of the construction revolution where we started seeing 20, 25 towers go up around the Spadina area, around the Sky Dome, what it was called at the time. Roger Center now. Um, that was like a big amount of construction and probably happened at the same time for the first time in the city
1: so i was uh, well there were there were you know what 60s there was a lot of growth 70s yeah. you you know toronto is unique because if you go to chicago downtown is tall but you go a couple of miles in either direction and it's flat all yeah. the way out yeah but you know you go to the suburbs in toronto scarborough north york like bathurst and Steeles there's 20, 30 buildings that were built in the 60s and 70s. And I have pictures of Steeles, North of Steeles being farmland and Bathurst being all these apartments. Whoa. And, and and you know, so Toronto's always had that. And uh, so City Place, you know, I, I used to live downtown and uh, I used to go for Sunday walks there and it was a golf course. Yeah, and I remember empty, that. You know, I remember when it was marshalling yards, the rail yards. And... And then all of a sudden, the first one went up, and the second one, and the next thing you know, there's 15 or whatever there is. And Queen and Spadina was a dead zone back in the sort of 80s, early 90s, when uh, free trade came in and destroyed the garment industry. Oh, well, it was all empty down there. And today, it's. I mean, I remember thinking if I had any money, I would buy all of Spadina Avenue, and Allied ended up doing so. So, that would have been a good move at that time. Sure.
0: I, I mean, are you are you happy with all the new buildings? I, I I'm I'm getting the sense probably in the last five maybe ten years there's been some really nice creativity coming out of some of the new buildings that are actually being erected now, and I guess they're still on the drawing boards too now, right?
1: It's a it's a tale of two cities because there is the sort of mundane stuff that yes. just looks the same as anything else, and then there are definitely developers that are interested in taking it to the next level. And some of the bigger buildings that we've got going up right now are pretty cool. Um, so it really depends on the on the on the developer. And I guess you know if they're trying to do really inexpensive, then they can't do something fancy. But if they're doing sort of higher end, then uh, they can do a little better with that. Um, you know, here's an anecdote about urban Toronto. So one of the major developers. Let's say ten years ago, and you know, Urban Toronto has a discussion forum. So we got about forty thousand registered forum members. They can upload pictures. They can talk. That's how we began yep. as a community of people talking. And one of the developers came up to me, major developer, and he was like, "You know, we are so tired of hearing people complain about our buildings on your forum that we're actually going to put some extra money and effort into the design." And it it made me feel really good because it's like I'm I'm making an impact here. And, uh, and they did. They really did up their game. And uh, so um, it's important. And, and you know, you, you, like, you have to live with these buildings after a while. And if, if they're all going to look sort of crummy and uh, it just sort of depresses, you know, you're living in the city, make it look good, you know. So. There's
0: always an opportunity there. And I guess is it a matter of we have to reduce design because of budget? Is it, a, is it a money thing? Or I don't think it costs that much more to oh. have some creativity, or does no, it? No, it does. It, it does, does, eh? Because I start seeing what happens is a lot of money's being spent on the first, maybe f- first, second, third floor. You get some interesting details for the entrance of certain structures, but right. then it kind of gets repetitive and simple towards the top, right? Um,
1: there is a reason why there's a lot of green glass, blue glass towers, All those that, that's like the cheapest common denominator in terms of glass. If you wanted to do red or orange or something outside of that, it's more expensive. So, the, you know, they're putting up 40s floors and they, you know, they got to make their numbers. And uh, I see it all the time, renderings that look one way and then the, ch- the great cheapening comes in. It always
0: bothers me because you always get excited about certain renders. Right. And then you're like, right. OK, I'm looking forward to seeing right. that structure right. in person. And I guess one, one render that everyone's probably familiar with, but it wasn't really laid out all that well, was, I guess, nicknamed Marilyn Monroe. Towers, right, in yeah. Mississauga. The Absolute Towers, right, yeah, the Absolute Towers, yeah, and and I just know that um, a lot of people that I knew that actually bought or lived in there, right. it was a difficult living pattern. Right. Like it wasn't, it, it, it looked beautiful on the outside, right. but it didn't make sense. And I've never stepped in there. I've never right. looked at right. it. I I've seen some of the layouts, the floor plans. Right. What were your thoughts on that building when those two buildings were going up?
1: Um, great idea. Um, but you're building in downtown Mississauga at that time. You couldn't charge what you could. Uh, um, that's one thing. Um, round buildings are difficult to live in. Yes. The, there's a column, like, yes. all of a sudden. And what do you do with that space? And if the unit's 600 square feet and you're losing 10, 20 to a column that's... So builders have to deal with that, too. And, you know, they realize if they're... You know, they can make a piece of art on the outside. But if the people inside are suffering... Um, then it's, uh, it's, there's a trade-off there. And, you know, if the units were 1,200 square feet or 2,000, then you can lose yeah. a little bit here and there for the design perspective. So um, I, I haven't seen any of the units inside. I've seen others in other in places. And, yeah, it's kind of difficult to work with a small space if there's, if there's curved windows. And you can't put furniture against that because it's round and, you know. What are
0: some of the favorite buildings that you have that you've seen Toronto come up with? It doesn't matter, old, far far older, or even modern ones Oh, today. My,
1: my favorite building in the city is uh, the TD Centre, the original black. Oh, the original is beautiful. Yes, yes, yes. Yeah, that, uh,
0: the, the three, three towers?
1: Or there, there was th- originally three, but there's six, five, six, seven now. They kind of spread. Oh, they started adding And they on. had different architects. They kind of looked the same as the original, but they were off in terms of detail. But those first ones scotia bank you know i mean but
0: i remember scotia bank that was building late 80s yeah that yeah. went
1: in the late 80s. that's
0: that the step pattern yeah yeah that they had which was kind of interesting and it's
1: got that reddish marbleish, ish yes. whatever stone that they're using yeah. bank towers you know the banks were trying to make statements so they were willing to spend the money to to build great architecture um which contrasts against you know developers that are trying to build something that's affordable or fairly affordable um they just can't do that. But um, those are definitely two of my favorites. Um, you know, there's, there, there's some older ones at Young and St. Clair that are uh, co-ops. I mean, I'm a modernist kind of guy, so I kind of like the sort of simple 60s vibe for mm. a lot of these buildings. Yeah. Science Centre, which is now threatened, is something that I really like. And
0: what, What's the proposal there that they're going to be doing now? Is it a tower? or No, a few towers, isn't it?
1: Well, the province wants to move the science Centre to Ontario Place. And then tear down the existing science center and put housing up.
0: That it. makes no sense. Right. I mean, we've got an established, grounded. Everyone knows. Everyone knows the Ontario centre, Science right. Center. Right. right. Like they know where it is. They right. know what that building is. They know what the right. it looks like. Right. Why would you want to just? Well, that's Toronto.
1: It's a well, no. That's the province. It's the province that's doing because it. Well, because
0: uh, of it, the, because they're getting the provincial support.
1: The city doesn't want this to happen. The province is kind of imposing. And I think it's just a knee-jerk reaction. The province is looking for housing. You know, they have 1.5 million. And, you know, that's a fairly big lot. But, I mean, really, if you even put 20,000 units there, is that really going to solve the issue? There's a bigger way and a a better way of solving the housing crisis than Picking a couple of sites here and there and popping up as much stuff as you can.
0: I guess, Edward, you'd be probably privy to this, but I'm, I'm assuming there's been conversations about just adding more land into the harbor front. Is that a possibility or are we going to start infringing on the island people?
1: Um, well, the, I don't think the island people have a lot of say because they don't <laughs> actually own their properties, and they've got a sweetheart. Well, yet. they
0: always have a loud voice when it came to, I guess, the island airport and then sure, Porter sure. doing the expansion. Sure, so, it's sure. just, but I mean, it just—I guess—that's the go-to when you start getting an urban influx of people wanting to be in the core, but there's no land. What do you do? You start adding land.
1: So. Back in the day, when they didn't have environmental standards like today, when they built the the Danforth subway, bloor Danforth, they dug it all up and just threw it in the lake. Leslie spit is exactly is that. that you can't really do that now. They got to clean it. They got to do this. So most of the like, I would continue going out into the lake for sure. But they, it's 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 a lot more expensive these days. Not that trucking it up to Stouffville or wherever they dump the dirt is cheap, but it is what it is. So yeah, I don't. And you know what. There is a lot of land in Toronto that's underutilized. It's just zoned in a way that you can't do anything with it. Yeah. Um, You know, I live on a street with uh, single family houses. Two people in, you're know, building these monster homes with two people in it. You could have 12 people in that house with five apartments. You do that across the whole city. You cover a lot of that. But that's <laughs> what
0: Toronto used to be like. I grew yes. up as a kid on college in Dufferin in yes. a house that was probably no wider than 15 feet. Yes. That classic Toronto gable yeah. face. I love those homes, right? Yeah. And now it's an architect's office and right. it's been rebricked because it was original Ontario brick or whatever it was. Yeah. But it's just. Um, that was a big house, in my opinion. Right. It was five of us, five kids. You know what I mean? It was seven
1: people living in that house. I lived on Atlas at Vaughn, down by St. Clair. Um, yeah. When we came here, my uncle lived downstairs. We lived upstairs. My uncle, other uncle lived across the street with yeah. another family. And then they all made a little money, and they all took off. But we never
0: thought it was not enough space. Sure, sure. We always thought it was comfortable. Yeah, it well. felt like a home. It's changed. It's changed dramatically. And I know that you probably know this... Um, we're getting the highest building. Is, is starting construction soon, or it's been proposed?
1: Okay, so, and, I, and it'll be in the presentation. Yeah, somewhere. you want to
0: try to we can try to find it because I want to share that. But what, what's the building that's going to be doing?
1: So, th- there are two super talls under construction right now in Toronto, and a third is about to start. And super tall means a thousand feet or higher. Okay, so we have zero right now. That's in
0: perspective, h- just let, let people know. Uh, Bank wise, if we're going Scotia, you go in BMO. How tall are they?
1: Bimo is nine hundred and ninety-seven. Oh, guessing. so we're just going. It was going. it was three feet or four, or five feet away from being a thousand foot, <laughs> and people on our forum were always upset. Why didn't they go another ten feet? You know, just to, but you know, and it doesn't. Here's mean the anything, cost. That's why right? we didn't go. Well, no, they could have. But, okay, but they, when they were building it, were, were they really thinking? Well, we got to get a thousand feet. It didn't it didn't matter. No. Um, so. Currently we have two under construction. We have uh, Pinnacle One Young, which is that where the Toronto Star building this oh, yeah. was. Yep. The Toronto Star is not there anymore, but that one's gonna be a thousand fifty, give or take. Uh, my numbers aren't exactly right. And then uh, at Young and Bloor the one which the one. which Mizrahi's building, yep. which is now around fifty floors, it's about half it's just over halfway. Uh, people can you can see it sort of popping up in the city and it's like you know, it, it's not it's not uh, impacting the skyline just yet, but it's got another halfway to go. So um, it'll be just over a thousand as well. So there's those two, and then Forma, um, which is at uh, King King West, uh, right by Metro Hall there, um, Royal Alex Theater in that yeah. in that complex, um, and that's Great Gulf. They are uh, they're going to be over a thousand with one of the two towers there. So. It's going to
0: become the norm
1: now just to get over a thousand. So. You know what? Leave it. Leave it until the presentation because I actually have to. I talk a little bit about uh, heights and sure. how they've sort of transitioned over the years. Um, yes, it is getting taller,
0: but we have to. Um right. do we not need those those extra floors? I mean these are housing taller, right?
1: You can go to London or Paris and they don't have a lot of tall buildings, but their densities are way higher than ours. You can go to Rome. So that's a good point. it's 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 what we expect like again, my my single family street, lots of space, big backyards, big front yards, three people in a house that's four, or five thousand square feet and and like you could squish them in if you really wanted to and it's uh, to me it's always funny that people want to go to rome because they love the old school whatever but those they would would they allow that here well they don't currently no, they
0: don't do that and that's what's envious about european i guess is that they set a standard and everyone kind of fits on that right. level and right. all they do is they focus on what you said right. density right instead of whoever's the tallest at that point
1: right whereas in toronto because you can't build in most neighborhoods. Yeah. Like again, in the early days, you could build a, a three story walk up with six apartments anywhere, really. Yeah. But then they, they changed the zoning where you couldn't do that anymore. So it's either you build nothing in. in there's an area on the zoning map called the Yellow Belt, and that's all des- designated as single family dwellings. Okay. That's it. Now, they changed the rules recently. Um, to allow four units per, per house. So they they are sort of moving towards that, where you can now, instead of building one monster home, you can build four-unit, two-story, whatever. Um, but before that, you couldn't build in Yellow Belt, so you build in this area zone for high-rise. So it was either high-rise or two-story, two-story. Th- so that's a function of planning. That's a function of what the cities allow. And, you know, the problem is people who live on my street are not going to want a six-story walk up no, next door. they don't
0: want to do that, yeah.
1: But... You know, we got to look at the greater good, too. And where are people going to leave? A lot of these older neighborhoods are depopulating because kids have moved out and the parents are, you know, getting older. and their Well, families
0: are, are getting smaller. Sure. The necessities, I guess, for schooling and all kinds of sure. community things are all shrinking. Sure. Are you seeing a lot of headaches happening, I guess, because, you know, the province had and also the city had the great idea of changing the, the rules regarding the dwellings. So now you're getting four dwellings in one property. You're getting laneway homes going on. Right. But are you getting a lot of people just having a lot of red tape? to get these things approved, to get moving forward, to build these these dwellings.
1: So I'm, I'm not a developer, but I've heard anecdotes from people who've said it takes just as long to put up a four-story building through the planning process than it does to do a 50. Um, so if the paperwork is so onerous and you've got to put an elevator in maybe or whatever, like for a four-story, five-story walk-up in the old days, elevators, but now you have to do all sorts of things that maybe you didn't do before. It makes it harder, sure. It makes it a lot harder. Sure, yeah. if you're going to spend and I don't know what a three story walk up would cost to build. But if you're gonna put in the same work, you're gonna make a lot more money on a fifty story 50. build. Why not just not worry about the little ones, right? So.
0: so it's it's just it's changing, it's there's a lot of work going on, there's interesting things going on, right. but there's a lot of uh, there's a lot of opportunity too, right? Oh it's huge. <laughs> it's huge right now in Toronto. Right, right. Toronto's like almost an epicenter going right. on. Everyone's paying attention. It's to
1: it's it. been non stop since way before I was around. Um, and, uh, other than you know, sort of the 90s were a bit of a slow time, certainly with high-rise-type buildings. When we started in 2002, a 20-story proposal was excitement. Now, mm-hmm. it's if it's not 70, 80, 90, it's ho-hum. And um, so, yeah, a major change. So, 80s, big boom. 90s, yeah. recessionary, basically, because of the big boom they'd overbuilt. And then finally, in 2000s, they started again.
0: What would you like to see, Edward, uh, in Toronto? building-wise. What would you like to see that you've seen benefited in other countries, other cities, major cities.
1: You know, we'll go back to the density thing, but I, I you know, I like walkable cities. Yeah. Um, Discovery. And and I'd like organic growth, which we don't have. You know, let's talk about let's say Yorkville. Like Yorkville was single family, essentially housing up until the 50s. It was row houses. Yes. And then, but there was no rules. So somebody opened a coffee shop, somebody opened a this or a that. It became sort of a, the hippie mecca with clubs and all that. Then it became sort of the high-end place that it is now. It organically grew, and it feels organic. Whereas, you know, in my neighborhood, my office is Young and Finch. It's like there's a, a ring road along the downtown, the main where the buildings are, the tall buildings are, and then across the street it's just single-family houses. You can't do anything. It's not organic. You, you know, there are neighborhoods, a lot of these new downtowns where they're putting 50, 60-story towers. Vaughan, downtown Vaughan. But it's it's all new buildings. There's like you're not going to find a mom and pop at the bottom of those stores or those buildings because they're just too expensive. It's going to be, you know, a drugstore, a it's, pizza, pizza. A, it's going to be a, a subway, yeah. and it'll be the same five chains, a bank. Um, so it's not like, walkable. Well, it's not walkable, but there's nothing to walk to other than those couple things. You know, so if you live on Saint Clair, if you live on and any of these streets that have the old retail. There's a mix of stuff, and it's it's and there's older stuff, and it's you can get interesting stuff as opposed to, yeah, shoppers, people need shoppers, but if it's just shoppers in a bank, it's not a community. It's just a, it's a vertical mall, you know, essentially.
0: What have you, certain communities across Toronto, I guess in other parts as well, that you've seen pleasantly change that you didn't think would change all that well? They, they, they And me personally, I would say that it's almost like Leslieville has actually dramatically changed quite a bit since what I remember it from. And it's, it seems to be getting better, but I don't know what other parts of the city that you're uh, oh, thinking.
1: Oh, you know, a Canary District. Uh, you know, I lived uh, I lived at St. Lawrence Market for many years. Beautiful and, area, yeah. right? And but you went in a block, and it was kind of a dead zone yes. all the way to the DVP, yes. all the way down to the rail corridor. Go down there now. It's amazing. Yeah. Like it's like like there were no banks. There were no nothing. There was nothing. Um, and they kept the
0: heart of that community there.
1: Sure, and they planned it properly. Yes. And they and they. It's not all high rises. There's a few. I mean, the distillery was empty when I moved down there. Now it's uh, you know it's a center of, and it's it was really well. done. And they kept the heritage buildings. They filled in all the parking lots, and uh, you know and and there's there's certainly like. Liberty Village was kind of yes. a dead zone too. E- even Queen Spadina, of the Well, and all that. Yeah, the uh, City Place, you know, City Place, could have done a little better on the on the ground, but um, it's it's created vibrancy where there was nothing.
0: The Well's quite the transformation. Oh sure, like insane transformation. I mean, it's it's actually, I would I would say beautiful. Yeah. I like what they've done. Yeah. I remember what it was—the Globe Mail, right? Right. And how it was treated and how it was set up for other things, but it's it's pretty impressive now.
1: Oh yeah, yeah, no, no. I I went down when it was still under construction, but um, and it was cold and, and there was nothing open. Um, but it's still the architecture's great, and the, and the, they tried to like have different styles mix in. It wasn't all one thing, um, and they yeah they've done a great job. With it.
0: Have they completely abandoned? I remember when John Tory was the mayor, he was talking about that park that they were planning over the actual rail system. They've abandoned that completely, right? I,
1: I don't know if they've well. there's no talk about it anymore well first of all stupid expensive and secondly I think they lost um, to the developer that purchased the land above so they, they, they were trying to force the developer to hand it over to them and uh I don't think that's going to happen, so they'd have to buy them out, and I guess there's no budget. There's no budget for that. Right.
0: What Do you, you want to show some stuff here yeah, before we get quickly to wrap up? Because, I, I mean, I got to get you back on. We're going to get you back on and talk more stuff because there's always something interesting going on in Toronto. All
1: right. So, let's go to the next slide. So, this is just an overview of what we look like. This is our homepage. We do five, six, seven stories a day, um, key stats. Uh, about two million pages a month, about three hundred thousand unique visitors a month. The interesting thing here is that about one third of our readership is in the business one way or the other. So we have a very strong community of people. About a hundred thousand that are either brokers, developers, architects, suppliers, uh, so forth and so forth. So a lot of people in this hall today. Um, I, I just briefly walking through on the way here. I saw a bunch of my clients, and uh, so. It's 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 we don't track anything but development. That's all we write about. That's all we talk about. Is it a
0: young person's game these days? Are they a lot of the younger generation getting into this development urban understanding any all facets of construction? Oh sure, sure. it is right. Sure, You're sure. seeing a huge population. Uh, of Sure sure. Oh
1: absolutely yeah. Okay yeah, yeah. so uh, so urban Toronto Pro is a product. Yeah I can go to the next page. So this is our coverage area, This is uh, we, we track about 4800 projects right now, Crazy. and we track basically every new application to every one of these cities uh, on a daily basis. We're So if there's a new application on the City of Toronto website right now, we will know about it in a couple hours. We create a database for it, and we track about 90 fields for each project, so height, GFA, who the developer is, who the architect is, and so forth. So this is our premier product, this is what uh, Uh, subscribers get access to all this data and they can slice and dice the data create reports that they can download Excel files and stuff like that so uh, and we track about 8,000 companies in our database so these are the companies that build these buildings own these buildings and so forth How many unread
0: emails do you have right now?
1: (laughs) (laughs) Um, I, I have about 100 I don't know Okay. Move uh, insane. On. Okay. So we're gonna talk. So we talked a little bit about this earlier. So when we started Urban Toronto in 2002, there were seven buildings over 500 feet. Okay. Period. There were no thousand footers. That was it. And today there are 318 buildings that are gonna 500 feet or over that are under construction, proposed, or complete across the entire area. So look at that number in 20 years. Now they're not all built yet, but there's certainly hundreds that are under construction or complete. It's that's the change uh, in the Toronto area. Right, and then you look at the buildings over 300 meters or 1,000 feet, the super talls. In 2002, First Canadian Place, like I said, was 998 or whatever it was. Today, we have seven proposed uh, under construction or completed. There's none under completed, but two are under construction, and the third is about to start. So that's also enormous. That's amazing. Wow. And there's a list of the buildings we're talking about. So Pinnacle 1, 344 meters. The 1, 328. 1,200 isn't uh, hasn't been approved yet. Forma, there's two towers at Forma. The first one is lower than this in terms of height. The second tower will be 308 meters. And the first one's under construction. The second one hasn't started yet. Same. So... You want to look at the history again so this is Humber Bay in 2005. So I took I took this picture 20 odd years ago. What's it look like now? So next So look at that cluster on the left there wow. it's just ama- amazing. so. Uh, next one.
0: 20 years. So this is Confederation Park yeah. in Mississauga. Okay.
1: So this is 2009, and look at it today. It's like it's a whole different world, right?
0: It's amazing. Yeah, there's lots of structures. So this
1: is uh, this is Canary District. Uh, this is uh, wow. Front Street uh, back in 2005. This was all industrial, and that's what it looks like today. Like complete change. And, and this is what I like. It's, it's walkable. It doesn't have to be stupid tall. Um,
0: but we could still see some more density. Like we could still yeah, see more. Yeah. Well, this more. is this is this is very dense. good. Yeah.
1: yeah. Um, and there's the well. We talked about that, yep. and and that was a car dealership and the Globe and Mail. And now it's a whole community, and I don't know how many units and stuff, but it's uh, it's pretty impressive. It's a lot, yeah. And the architecture, you know, is good. There's Forma, next so, one.
0: So that's so, Forma, that's so, proposed.
1: So well this one, the, the shorter tower is under construction, and the taller one hasn't started. So this is Frank Geary, who designed the art gallery, and he's a Toronto boy who ended up in L.A. and did the uh, the, the Guggenheim in Spain. And Spain. Oh, yeah. Um, um, and uh, so... This is his sort of, you know... Ex- it's going to
0: change. If you've left Toronto and you have not seen Toronto in 20 right. years, you won't recognize Toronto.
1: Right, right, right. This, uh, well, lucky we have the CN Tower. That kind of sticks out and, and gives you an idea of where you are. Um, so and this, this is, is the one. one. This yeah. is Young and Bloor. Um, there's, a, there's what it's going to look like and the under-construction f- pictures. Um, this one's Norman Foster's, who's the famous uh, British architect. And look at the base. It's... I've been in there, I did a construction tour. The ceilings are 40 feet high and the columns on the outside are holding the building up. There are no columns inside the retail space.
0: So basically the aesthetic grid that's on the outside is a structural grid.
1: That's the structural grid that's holding up the building. There are no columns on the inside. And you walk into that space and it's double the height of this probably without a single column in the middle. And that was supposed to be uh, a computer company, and I don't know if it still will be, but... Uh,
0: that was supposed to be up, yeah.
1: <laughs> that was supposed to be orange. <laughs> we, we call it the, when the fruit company moves in. <laughs> it was the banana guys.
0: <laughs> Something happened there. Right. It's and, it's good. It's a good-looking building, though.
1: And there is... Uh, this is going to be the tallest. Uh, so, it's starting to construction now. So, this is Pinnacle International. I think they're from Vancouver. And uh, this is One Young Street. And in the, uh, the rendering shot, it's the tallest one. That's, uh, this is the one that. Look at going. that.
0: Look at that. That's Toronto right now. And there you go. Anything else you want to share before we wrap it up?
1: I think I'm good. I don't know if there's any more slides. I think that might be it.
0: I think that was it. We'll end it on that one. Edward, thank you so much for All sharing right. a little bit. It was just a tease because I know that we're going to have more conversations about right. the ever-changing urban Toronto landscape, right. basically. But Perfect. I really appreciate you stopping by. Everyone check them out at www.urbantoronto.com.
1: Say .ca. Oh,
0: sorry. Uh, uh, www.urbantoronto.ca. Uh, that's it. I think that's it. Thank you. Thank you, Edward. Thanks really appreciate me. it.